Today we just want to talk about value, the value of the Word. The value of the Word. I received a message from Pastor Bell. He sends me little devotions every morning. And I want to share this with you because it talks about what the Word really is. He says, this is from yesterday. He says, grace morning on this splendid Saturday. He likes superlatives. Fabulous Fridays, splendid Saturdays, monumental, momentous Mondays. I mean, he just full of all those good things. But he says, grace morning on this splendid Saturday. Actor Kevin Hart recently appeared on Oprah Prime and shared a humorous story of how his mother taught him an important life lesson. Moms, life lessons, there we go. Hart told the talk show host about how his mother, Nancy, financially supported his efforts to become an entertainer. After hearing about her son's aspirations, the comedian recalled his mom telling him that she wasn't a dream killer and that he had one year to prove, that, to, prove to her that comedy was truly what he wanted and that was something he, he could support himself doing. So Nancy agreed to help her son with his rent during the first 12 months of his career. Hart told Oprah that the first six months of doing stand-up stand was fun. But then he missed a rent payment, so he went to his mother to get a check. When he asked her for the money, though, Nancy had an important question to ask her son. She's like, are you reading your Bible? Hart recalled, I said, Mom, come on. I don't have time to talk about that right now. I'm late. I need the rent money. For a week, she kept asking me, have you read your Bible? Then the dreaded eviction notice came. <clears throat> Heart feeling desperate, went to his mom's house to beg one more time, but to no avail. At that point, the comedian decided he should probably open up his Bible, which led to a shocking surprise. When he opened his Bible up, six rent checks fell out. She put all my money, all my rent checks in the Bible. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We sometimes look for answers to our problems everywhere except where they can be found. If Kevin Hart had just taken the time to read the word of the word, he wouldn't have received his he would not have received his eviction notice. Live, love, and laugh your way through this satisfying Saturday. Amen. The value of the word. Now, the Bible is more than just reading just for information's sake. The Bible really is to be read to transform who we are. In Psalm 119, 105, the verse that was read in your hearing says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Word. That's this right here. From Genesis to Revelation. The Word of God is what can transform our lives. And it is what it says in verse 105. It is a lamp to our feet. In my house. It gets dark. We have a little night light in the living room where we plug in every night, because if you were to walk through there some nights and it was pitch black, you might hit your poor little toesy-woesies 
on a table or on a bench or something, and then in the middle of the night or early in the morning, I don't need to hear any of my family members screaming out loud. That little bit of light is light enough to light the path so that you can walk into the kitchen or walk into the family, wherever you want to go. As that little teeny bit of light shines in my house to light the path for those of us that might get up in the middle of the night, so is the Word of God. It is that light. It could be little or big, depending on our circumstances, but I like what the psalmist says when he says, it is the light. It is a lamp to my feet. The word lamp, if you look, was a little small container that they used back at that time that had maybe a little candle, and they would light it. It wasn't necessarily a big light, but it was enough light to illuminate their path, the way that they should walk. I want to give to you a few things about the value of the word. Number one, we're to study it. We're to do what? Study. Study the Word of God. Not for information's sake, but for that information to go from here to here. It's one thing to know about God because you study and know all the different theological and spiritual things, whatever. But it's a whole other thing to know God. The value is knowing about it, but also knowing the God of the Word. In Psalm 119, verses 6 and 7, it tells us, he tells us, Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on your commandments. Verse 7, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. How are we to learn how to live? How are we to learn how to conduct ourselves? We're to learn that by studying and reading the Word of God. You want to know how to live right? It's all in here. I want to be a better husband? right here. Be a better wife? Right here. Be a better child? Right here. Be a better son? Right here. Be a better daughter? Whatever it is, it's all contained within the Word of God. You know what our problem is? We read it. We may study it. We may know about it. Our problem is applying what we know. It's, one, it's like having a medicine that you have in your cabinet or the doctor prescribes a prescription to you. He says, take this prescription twice a day, two times a day. And you and I elect to put it in our medicine cabinet and we may take it once or we may not take it at all. We may take it this today, but we might miss tomorrow. That's not what the doctor said. He said take it twice a day for two to three weeks. You know why, you know why penicillin and, and antibiotics aren't working as well as they used to? Because people who were prescribed penicillin, or I mean, um, what did I just say? Antibiotics, we did not take them as we should have. If he prescribes it for three weeks, even if you feel better, you still got to take it the full three weeks. Now these germs and whatever have gotten smart. They transformed themselves into other things. So that now, now doctors don't prescribe antibiotics like they used to. All because we said to ourselves, oh, I feel better now. You might feel better, but you got to do what the doctor says. We need to do what the Word of God says. We've got to study it, to know it, and once we know it, we got to do it. And that falls into my next section, not just study it, but what I just said a moment ago, obey it. Verse 1 says, blessed are those whose ways is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. you got to walk in His way, not our way. We're not smarter than God. God's smarter than us. And He says, blessed 
are those of us whose way is blameless. Why are they blameless? Because we walk in the law of the Lord. Who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. Walk in the ways of God. Do you think God would tell us what to do for our harm? No. He does it for our what? For our good. He wants to bless us. Study it. Obey it. Number three, storing it. Hide it in our hearts. Store it in our minds. And treasure it on our affections with confidence that it will fortify us against sin. If I don't want to do things that are contrary to the word of God, I've got to study it, I've got to obey it, and I've got to put it in my mind. If Sister Elsie can memorize that, that, that poem, I should be able to memorize some of the word of God. Verse 11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Thy word have I hid. Your word have I hid in my heart. Not so much this thing in our chest, but the heart and mind of who we are as human beings. I've got to know the word of God so that when I face temptation, I'm able to flee. I'm able to run. I'm able to get away from what might be a bad situation. Amen? Studying it, obeying it, storing it, Declaring it. Verse 13. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. With my what? My lips. I'm declaring. I'm speaking forth God's word, telling it to others. Why? Because if it's taken root in my life, and I'm studying it, and I'm obeying it, and I'm storing it, I've got to declare it. The songwriter said, there was a time when I got saved, I got converted, I got transformed, however you want to put it. But the songwriter picked it up when he says, he could not what? Keep it to himself. Good news is something we ought to want to share. And if God has done anything in our life, it ought to be what? Good news. We ought to want to share it with somebody. Maybe the problem is we don't think that what God's done for us is really good news. But when I look at what he's done for me, where he's brought me from, I can't help but want to share it with somebody else. The testimony of everybody in here should be, what has God done for you? Could you this morning stand up and tell us what God has done, not for all of us, but what has he done for you? What has he brought you through? So we talked about, we said that number one, we ought to be having the idea that we ought to study it, we ought to obey it, we ought to be storing it up, we ought to be declaring it, and last but not least, we ought to be rejoicing over the word. Psalm 119, 14 and 16 says this. In the ways of your testimony, testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. More than money, more than gold, more than silver, I delight in what God has done. If it means something to you, yes. Most of us are so preoccupied with material things that we really don't think that the testimonies of God, what God has done, is something we should delight in. We would say, you know what, if somebody dropped a million dollars in my lap, oh, I would be hilarious. But guess what? 
The fact that you got up this morning. The fact that you got food on your table. The fact that you got a reasonable portion of health and strength. We ought to delight in those things. We ought to be able to rejoice with God and what he has done. Because God has brought us a mighty long way. It's not always about the money or the Duncans or whatever you want to call it. It's about what God does for us day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment. We go all over the place, and most of us don't consciously think that we're in harm's way. But ask some people over the last few months that went to a mall, that all of a sudden somebody came into the mall and started shooting. We run everywhere. We do a whole lot of things. We go to Walmart. We go to Kroger's. We go wherever we go, and we don't necessarily think about somebody coming in there wanting to do us harm's way. We come to a church. We're not thinking about somebody coming through those doors wanting to do harm's way, but we live in a world where that is a present reality. And it may not be somebody from the outside that comes in. It may be somebody already inside getting ready to do something to us. So verse 14 and 16 says, hey, I'm going to rejoice. I rejoice at the testimony. I delight as much as in all riches. The things of God mean that much to you? Does that really mean that much to you? That you enjoy the things of God? Were you excited to be able to come to the house of God? Did you wake up this morning saying, you know what? It may be cloudy on the inside, but there is sunshine in my soul that's going to radiate on the outside. I was glad when they said it to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Or is it, well, it's another Sunday. I guess I'll get up. I guess I'll go to church. I guess I'll, you know, I really don't want to. I don't really like it, but yeah. I hope that's not our testimony. Verse 15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Man, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I mean, there's something about the things of God. To be able to come to a house, to, to learn about God, to hear about God, ought to make us excited about the things of God. Rejoicing over the word of God. And delight in it. Notice the connection. Verse 14 says we're rejoicing. Verse 16 says we're delighting. And then it's connected with the fact that verse 15 says we're meditating. So we're rejoicing, we're delighting, and we're meditating on the Word of God. Amen? So if I look at the Word, as I look at what it can do for us, what is their value in the Word of God? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of tremendous value in the Word of God. Somebody says, well, how much do you value it? I would value it over material things. Because in the end, it's the Word of God that's going to stand. Everything else we got may be done away with, but God's Word will last forever. Yeah, I watch the TV shows just like you. I see the big houses. Yeah, those Infinities, those Lexus, those Cadillacs, those Acuras, those, all those nice big cars, they're nice. I watch the TV shows about the houses with all these people that say they need five bathrooms and eight bedrooms and 
their bathroom is bigger than my whole house, and they have the audacity to say that the bathroom is still too small. I'm like, they don't know what a small bathroom is. If that, what they've got is as big as my living room and family room put together, or bigger, and they don't know what a little bathroom is, that's just, that, that, this is just too small. We have 14 rooms right now. We're downsizing. Oh, you down, what are you downsizing to? Eight. Material things. Pasubas. But you know what? That's just things. It won't save your soul. When you're at the midnight hour and you don't know what to do, when the doctor gives you bad news, when your children or your loved ones go wayward, go acting crazy or out there just going nuts, that big house, that big car, having big parties with a lot of people there, that's not going to what's going to bring you through. What's going to bring you through is a relationship with God and prayer to God and believing that God is able to change. Because in the end, that's all you can say. Lord, help me. What, what are you going to do? What's the one thing we all, regardless of where you come from, when things are bad, when things go in contrary, what's the one expression that everybody could say? God, Lord, help me. You're not calling on your money. You're not calling on your bank. You're not calling on your friends. You're calling on God. Why? Because you understand as much as your friends want to, they cannot help you. Your own family can't help you. Some of us are in situations, hey, it's only God that's going to get us out of it. Or, here's the other part of it, maybe you've been in circumstances and you can testify that it was only God that allowed you to get out of it. Because you should have been in harm's way. Something should have happened, but it didn't. Who do you think did that? God. Amen. So there is value. There is tremendous value in the Word. Study it. Obey it. Store it. Declare it. And then last but not least, rejoice. Be excited about the Word. Amen? Do you spend quiet time with the Lord in the Word? Is it every morning you get up, do you take the time to at least read a portion of Scripture or pray? And it may not be. Maybe you're not a morning person. Maybe you're more of an evening person. But whatever time of the day it is, you and I need to spend time with the Lord. We learned this morning in Sunday school. If you want wisdom, you need to ask of God. And James says, not just that, if you ask, God gives it liberally, freely. He just gives it abundantly. Is there anybody here that does not need more wisdom on how to live this life? We all do. Amen? Amen? The value of the word. I hope and pray that you will leave here valuing what many of us have and don't take advantage of. I would say virtually, virtually everybody there has at least a copy of some type of Bible. Now we have it on our phones. Now we have it on our computers. Now we, I mean, there's no excuse for not saying you have, don't have access to a Bible because the Bible is really everywhere. There are apps, there are, there are places you can go free and download a copy of some type of scripture. If that's the case, I beg the question, why aren't we any better if we have that access to that much, that much word? Because if the word is working on us, we will be 
different. The New Testament says we will be transformed. Amen? Let's put that to practice. Starting not tomorrow, start today. Starting today. Father, we thank you for your word. Oh, we thank you for what your word, the value. That, yeah, it would be nice to have a lot of money. And, yes, it would like to know that I could have health for the rest of my life and all the, the things that are material. But honestly, I would really want to place my value, my hope, my trust in you and in your word. For it is your word that speaks to us. When we have nowhere else to go, we can read your word that tells us that at a midnight hour, when our hearts are heavy laden, you by your spirit will come alongside us and speak peace to our hearts. When I'm confused and don't know which way to turn, your word says you are a lamp to my feet. You will direct my paths. Lord, there's all of us in here today need you to direct us, to lead us, to guide us. Maybe, may we be sensitive to your word, your will, and your way. And we thank you. Hopefully we will rejoice. We will be excited about the things of God. That our hunger and our thirst will be so intense that we will want more and more and more of you. Give us that unquenchable desire to be consumed by you. That to the end, we will bring glory, honor to your name. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.